This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, back in your ear hole on this Friday, October 29th, 2021, better known around the town as Nevada Day. And we are live. We are local. We are doing it real big on this Friday. Demond Cotton in the home studio, your boy Q in my home studio as we bring you the next two hours here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And I'll tell you right now, off top, got a couple tweets already. Hey, is this show live today? Yes, we are absolutely live. A lot of folks are uh, showing love to Nevada today as it is Nevada Day. And so there's been a lot of folks with the day off all around town, not just at the radio station, but all around town. Kids didn't even go to school today. This is something new to me. Best but part I don't, of Nevada Day. I don't, hey, man. Hey, whatever works. Whatever, however you can work it, however you can flex your muscles and get an extra day off, that's cool. I'm not mad at that at all. I just realized I'm a new booty in town. I haven't earned the stripes and I haven't earned the rights yet to be off on Nevada Day. And Damon is just a well, he's a victim of of his surroundings. So since since Damon rides with me, Damon, we're stuck in the home studios. We're stuck working today as everyone else is off. But you know what? I would have it no other way. I, I wouldn't even want today off, not because I don't respect it, but just because this is my element, man. This is what I love to do. This is almost like being off is when we actually get a chance to uh, grace the airwaves. So I'm glad to be here with you on this Nevada day, my man. How you hanging in there? Oh, no, I'm having a great time. Like, even though we are still here working, but I've like I strolled in the building. I'm like, hey, this is a laid back Friday for me. <laughs> nobody's there, right? Yeah, nobody's here. We're just having fun today. It's like a ghost town. I used to have my old radio station back in Central Texas. I always knew when it was payday because nobody would ever be in the building. You know what I mean? It's like you knew it was payday and a Friday when nobody would be in the building. And you could pretty much do whatever you want. We basically had the run of the mill. You know, it's like, hey, uh, the guys in the back, they're getting into trouble. And there's nobody to even tell on us. So that was great. Those were the best days ever when nobody was there. And that's how it is right now at the st- studio where you're at is uh, there's nobody there. Uh, but you're holding it down. And like I said, we'll be holding it down the next couple hours. Then we'll pass the sticks on to my guy, Vinny Bonsignor, who will be in the huddle live from the TI, Treasure Island, Golden Circle Sportsbook. Make sure you go on out there and check him out. He's always locked and loaded with a bunch of prizes. Plus, of course, he's got a lot of great sports talk. And that's a that's a hell of a spot anyway. I, I enjoy going out to the Treasure Island. And, and just a little bit of a programming note, I'll be out there next Friday uh, for four hours. We're going to actually, because Vinny's going to take off to go to New York a little bit early. He's got some investigating he's got to do. Got to keep that on the low. We've got some private investigating he's got to do uh, as Vinny is a is a investigative reporter. You know, he's got to go to New York and do some sniffing around. So uh, he's going to take off a little bit early. And uh, me and Damon are going to hold it down from 2 to 6 p.m. next Friday, live from TI, Treasure Island, Golden Circle Sportsbook. But that's for next Friday. We still got this Friday to get to and get through. So that's what we're going to do for the next couple hours here on the show we have a couple good guests coming up today Seth Galena this was a really good get by Damon from Pro Football Focus he's got a a podcast that he's got out and uh, he does a really good job on that he's a co-host of a podcast and uh, they were just recently talking about Derek Carr and as I was listening to the the podcast and they were talking about what he's doing this year as opposed to what he had been doing in previous years and you know the funny thing the funny thing about it is too high podcast too high uh it's too high safety or is it just too high podcast too high that's why i love it it oh, could be about there, anything there you go too <laughs> high too high podcast it's a football term it's not a he's too high to concentrate but it's uh you know it's one of those situations but it's funny man i was listening to the podcast and i was listening to them say what dc is doing this year as opposed to what he had done in previous years and this is one of the questions i'm going to ask him i feel like this what we're seeing Derek carr do this year is more what Derek Carr was doing even in 2016. You know what I mean? Derek Carr, to me, and this is just me, and, and Raider Nation, feel free to correct me if, you, if I'm wrong, if you feel like I'm wrong. I have no problem with that. 702-365-9200, Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword r I feel like Derek Carr has shown over the years, he's been in the league now eight years, that he stretches the field. 
he throws the ball down the field. When John Gruden took over, John Gruden kind of kind of took the took the air out of his sails. You know, he, he basically said, hey, I want you to take the safe pass. I don't want you to throw that 50 50 ball. I don't I mean, there was a lot of things that that John Gruden didn't want him to do. I believe when he first took over, I thought in 2016, you saw DC throw that 50 50 ball up to Amari Cooper down the field. You saw him give Michael Crabtree opportunities. Hell, you saw him give Seth Roberts opportunities. I feel like you're seeing more of the Derek Carr from 2016, but just a better, a better quarterback. You know what I mean? He still has the same arm talent. Hell, when he was at Fresno State, he was stretching the field. I mean, I know that for a fact. I watch Fresno State football all the time. That's what made me like him coming out of Fresno State. And I actually pounded the table and was hoping that the Raiders were going to draft him. And they did. It was a great, it was a great draft. It was, it was funny. I always get in the mode of who who should the team draft, and I always start you know pounding the table pretty early on. No joke. I know most people won't believe me. I literally pounded the table for Khalil Mack and for Derek Carr, and it was like boom, boom, back to back. That's what the Raiders drafted. And the reason I said Khalil Mack, because a lot of people will think that I'm lying, and I'm not. Jadavion Clowney was the number one overall pick, but I always thought that the better player was Mack. I thought he had a better game than Jadavion Clowney. I felt like he was a a guy that was living off of one big hit that he had in college. And, well, we see how the careers end up shaking out. So it worked out really well for the Raiders at first, you know, when they got Mack and Carr. But I felt like, going back to Carr, I feel like Carr is showing the same thing he was showing in 2016. He's just he's just better now. You know what I mean? Like, his, his game is better, but he's showing the same ability to stretch the field. So when I was listening to this podcast, they were saying that, you know, he's not done this in his career. And I'm thinking, yeah, he has. He's done this in his career. He just hasn't done it lately. And more, more of that, I think, and this is where I want Raider Nation to chime in, I think more of what you're seeing is because his coach, even going into this year before John Gruden stepped down, I think his coach was given the green light for him to do more and say, hey, yeah, go ahead and let it rip. I think that the lack of him stretching the field, going, you know, going vertical, wasn't really on him. It was more on the coach. I mean... Again, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but that's just kind of how I feel. But with all that being said, Seth Galena does a really good job for pro football focus, and they do a good job on the podcast. So uh, that's why we'll have him on. We'll talk about it and see what he's talking about, see uh, you know what, what, where he's seeing the maturation from Derek Carr and, and how he thinks he can continue to improve on that maturation that he's seen in uh, 2021. Then coming up at 3 o'clock, we have Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. He likes to join us on Fridays to – talk some football. We'll talk some college football with them. We'll talk some NFL football, get some lines and just see how everything's going to shake out this weekend. See how you can win some money. So Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com will join us at three. And then at three 30, Shereen Williams from pro football talk. She does a really good job uh, with that covering the NFL, like a glove. We'll talk to her about Rich Passaccia as she known him for a very long time while she was covering the Dallas Cowboys. So she was very, very familiar with Rich Passaccia. We'll also talk to her about, What's going on with the whole Washington football team, the scandal, the investigation? You know, are there anything, any other, anything else going to come out from that? Does she think anything else is going to come out from that? Shereen Williams is a very good football mind, so she'll join us at 3.30. That'll be our guest lineup right there. Seth Galina at 2.30, Lee Sterling at 3, and Shereen Williams at 3.30. And, of course, Raider Nation, as always, we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200, Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. And I got a boatload of different topics to talk about. I mean, really, we should have started the show two hours ago. Got all kind of different topics I want to ask, all kind of different questions I want to ask. And one, I got to come with one holiday, Halloween theme, right? And I'm not a big candy guy. Matter of fact, let me ask you off top, uh, Damon. I'm not a big candy guy. I'm a Reezy's fan, and that's probably about it. Reezy's and maybe like peanut butter or uh, um, peanut M&Ms. I like those, but Reezy's are my go-to. Uh, what's your go-to candy? What's your favorite candy? What's the candy that you hate? That's a great question. Um, Reese's, uh, love them like the little peanut butter cups. I like the minis more than I like the regular size ones, you know, because you could just pop them in and not feel that good. I think that's just because of you. You like the minis because you're a mini. No, I think more people, you know what, the short jokes. Ah, Q. No, but the minis is easier to eat them. You can just like pop them. They're snackable. They're just like boop, boop, boop. All right, and you just put those in. I guess I don't really like black or licorice. Anything really root beer flavored either. I like to drink root beer, but I'm not really a big fan of root beer flavored candy. You know, like sometimes you get the gummies and maybe like the purple one or something, and you're just like, ah, man, it just ruined like the handful that I popped in my mouth. Okay, okay, I got you. I got a lot of things I I don't like too, yeah. 
All right. I, I, <laughs> I, again, I love Reese's. That's my favorite candy. No doubt about it. I'm not a big candy guy. I, I literally don't eat candy very often. Um, peanut M&Ms, I'll eat those. And then Reese's. Those are my, my two favorites. Uh, candy corn is the worst. Absolute worst. I agree. That yep. and Tootsie Pops or Tootsie Rolls. Tootsie Rolls are disgusting. Those two, those two candies. Tootsie Pops or Tootsie Rolls and candy corn are the worst, too. Yeah, and we have people in our building that Rolls. love those candies. I think those candies are just those are like bag weights. Those are candies that you get and kids come around your house. And you just dump them in their bag and they're like, oh, that guy's cool. He just gave me a bunch of candy. And then they get home and realize it's a bunch of Tootsie Rolls. Oh, that guy sucks. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you're really disrespecting the Tootsie Roll right now. Tootsie Roll is disgusting. You're it's one of the worst yo. candies ever. It's one of the worst candies ever. You're at, you're out of line. I'm not out of I line. I was with you with the candy corn. Like, yeah, I see how you could say that. But the Tootsie Roll, that's a classic. So you're a Tootsie Roll fan. So I gave you an opportunity to speak on what candy you like, and you didn't say it, and now all of a sudden you wanna, you're cutting for it. I, you said favorites. I'm going favorites. Is it is it in the top five? No. But if you put it in my bag, am I going to turn it down? No. <laughs> Why did you go all like... Uncle Willie on me on that. No, one. I just I just had to say it with my chest. I don't I like the so. way you coming at the Tootsie Roll. What about the I Tootsie Pop? Do you like it in a sucker form? No, they're a one, gross. A two, they're the worst candy ever. You don't like that. You don't like that sucker. You never did the Owl commercial. You never tried to recreate that. No, no, no. They're the worst candies ever. I used to get mad when someone would give me a Tootsie Pop and I thought it was a blow pop. And then all of a sudden I realized it wasn't, and they they I fell for the banana in the tailpipe. 702-365-9200. Call in and tell Q how wrong he is. Come on, y'all. Yeah, go ahead. Come on. I, I'm, I'm, it's Friday, man. It's feel good Friday. Yeah, exactly. Call Friday. in and tell him how he wrong about his candy takes. But, yeah, it's all yeah, good. Anyway. I'll have, it's okay. I'm all right with that. I'm okay with that. I have no problem with that. So that's one of the topics I have for you. You could definitely do that. Also, I got another question. The Raiders, and this came up on my podcast. Great caller I had yesterday hit us up. Matter of fact, he's hit us up on Raider Nation Radio 920 multiple times as well, Raider X. The Raiders have 10 games left, guaranteed. Coming off the bye, obviously. They're sitting there at 5-2. and two. What, in your opinion, is it going to take for the Raiders to make the playoffs? Out of those 10 games, what must they do? What, has their, what does their record have to be for them to make the playoffs? I believe this is a playoff team. I don't mind talking about the playoffs right now. I don't. After seven games, I have no problem talking about the playoffs because I believe this is a playoff team. They should talk about the playoffs. So how many games out of the final 10 do they need to win to guarantee they play in the postseason? It's another question that I have for you. 702-365-9200. Want to know, know your thoughts on that. And then my final question for you, and you don't have to answer all these, or you can. It doesn't matter. It's Friday. We're feeling good about ourselves. We're having a, a, a good time. First live show all day today. What are your game day superstitions as far as watching the Raider game? What do you have to do? Do you sit in a room by yourself? Do you have to be around a bunch of people? Do you have to have your jersey on? What are your game day superstitions that you have? For example, when I was in Texas and I wasn't at the games, obviously, I would always go to the closet and pull out my Josh Jacobs jersey and I'd sit it on the corner of my couch. That was just my that was just my routine. I wouldn't put it on, but I would sit it on the corner of my couch and I would sit there and I'd watch the game. And most of the time it came through like a charm. Sometimes it didn't, but it's only weird if it doesn't work, right? So that was my that was my superstition. Now that I'm at the game every week at Allegiant Stadium at least, I I don't really have a superstition anymore, which is kind of weird. Maybe I need to pick up a new one. Maybe I could think of a new one. I don't know. I'll come up with one. But what are yours? Game day superstitions. What do you have to do as you prepare yourself to watch a Raider game, be at a Raider game, whatever it is, take in the Raider game. Let us know. So a lot of different topics to cover, a lot of good guests to get to, 702-365-9200, Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword RNR. Let me hit the text line, and DeMond, let me know when we have a caller or two, and I'll get to them, but let me get to the text line real quick. This one's from Big Dub Raider. Agreed, Damon. Tootsie Rolls aren't a top five candy, but can't be disrespected. Big Dub Raider is cutting for Tootsie Rolls. All right. <laughs> All right. 831 Raider here. Number one is to stay healthy on both sides. We can even go to the Super Bowl. Okay. Okay. I guess that's what he was saying the Raiders must do to make it to the playoffs. Okay. I meant as far as record. Out of the last 10 games, what do they have to do? 
How many games do you feel like they need to win? What is their overall record? It used to be, in my opinion, when it was 16-game season, and last year proved that I was wrong about this as well, I used to say if you win double-digit games, you're going to go to the playoffs. Last year, Miami won 10 and missed the playoffs. So I'll just tell you right now, I think that the Raiders need to win seven games. Out of 10, they need to win seven to ensure, to guarantee themselves a playoff. I'm not saying that that's what they have to do. That's the only way they'll make it. But I think to ensure themselves a playoff spot, they got to find seven wins out of 10. It's not going to be easy. The schedule is not easy. They actually have one of the toughest schedules. I believe the rest of the way, their schedule, all their teams are about 500 is their overall record, 500. Where other teams like the Titans are like 385 and other teams have a much lesser uh, strength of schedule. But you play who's on your schedule, so you don't complain about that. We got some callers, Q. All right, hold on. I got one more text I want to get to from my guy, Big E in Oakland. Come on, Q. Tootsie Rolls, bruh. Fighting words right there. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. I love that candy gets people fired up, man. I told you I'm not a candy guy. I lo- And I love it that everybody is on my side about this so far. Man, you've had two people on your side so everybody. far. That ain't everybody. Everybody. That's everybody. Okay, well, who we got first on the on the on the phone line? Let us let me know. Antonio from Modesto. What's up, Antonio in Motown? What's up, man? What's up, bro? Hey, man. This first of all, um, getting all this Raider information is incredible, man. Even when the Raiders were were out here in the Bay forever, man, they they were hating on them. No radio station, and if I gotta go online podcast wherever I gotta get to get the information, man, it's great to get you guys uh, all all the information I get. Hey, uh, uh, I think we gotta go. Uh, Six and four, um, seven and three would be would be outstanding. Uh, my superstition is um, if whatever I'm wearing that day, I will not change it till the game's over. I, if it's hot that day, I'm not taking it off. If it's cold, I'm not putting a jacket on. Um, and my other question, I have one off the wall question. Um, I really want to see Cleve Farrell get loose, man. I know, I and I say that hoping that he will. I know last year he got in and stopped the run a little bit. He's getting minimal snaps. Um, is he going to get traded? Can you get, and I hate to say it, Clea, I hope you're not listening. Can you get a fourth to maybe a fifth for him possibly if that if there's a trade bait? Um, I, I just wish he would show up, man. And I, 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 because I want him to show show the Raiders f- fans that it wasn't a bad pick. But right now it don't look good, man. I'll be listening and watching all the time. Good show, bro. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you calling out of Modesto, man. I spent a lot of time in Motown. So shout out to Modesto, uh, the big 209 right there. And, you know, when it comes to Clee Farrell, man, let me tell you, I would love to see him get loose as well. I would love for him to prove that that was a great pick. I really would. And I know Vinny is cut for him. I've, you know, found a way to cut for him and say, you know what, this is what his role is going to be. Even this year, I thought, he was going to be part of the waves that Gus Bradley wanted to bring at the quarterback. You know, okay, he might not be part of wave one, but he could be good in wave two. Well, unfortunately for Clee, he just hasn't had that. I think the best thing for him, and this is not because I don't like him. I like him as a person. I like him as a player. Hell, I liked him at Clemson. Thought he was a hell of a player at Clemson. I just think the best thing would do is, is for him to get, like you said, let loose, man. Someone, if they can make a trade for him before the November 2nd trade deadline, that would be the best thing for him. Honestly, if you get a fifth-round pick, sixth-round pick for Klee, you're probably doing well. I mean, the guy's played in 30 games, and he hasn't had a sack in 26 of them. You know what I mean? Like, it's just – and ultimately, you could be good against the run. Ultimately, it's about getting the quarterback. That's, that's what everyone cares about is getting to the quarterback. So you're based off that. And when you're not even getting snaps, getting burned in games, that tells you all you really need to know. So if they're able to recoup anything for him. That would be that would be a positive. So uh, I, I wish him the best. He's always one of those guys that I'll I'll pay attention to no matter where he's playing and hope that he does well. It just clearly didn't work out with the Raiders. So I don't know what that means moving forward, but uh, still want to shout shout him out. As far as uh, your rituals, I like that. That's good stuff. And you know, I like what you said about you know finding the information about the Raiders and even when they were really successful and in the Bay, they weren't getting talked about enough. And honestly, everyone has their own story, but that's my story. That's how that's how I even got involved in wanting to do this. I was a hip hop DJ. I wasn't nobody that was talking sports. You know, I had an opportunity to talk some Raiders because uh, I love the Raiders. You know, that that was my team. I used to argue in the barbershop all the time. I used to argue at the at the club. I mean, I'd argue anywhere I would. You know, it was always me against a bunch of 49er fans. And I usually won that argument. But not at the club. Ain't anybody trying to hear about that at the club? Hey, dog, I didn't care. That was the thing. That's what my boss, on, on when I was on Q97, <laughs> right there in Fresno. Q97. Matter of fact, shout out to Q97. That's a Lotus uh, company now. I didn't realize that, but it is. 
But when I was on Q97, man, my boss used to get mad at me all the time because I always used to argue for the Raiders. And I'd, I'd be arguing football on the hip hop station. And he's like, man, this is a music station, not sports. And I was like, I know, but it's the Raiders. We got to talk about them. And so we, I got in trouble all the time. And look, it all comes full circle. Here we are, you know. So uh, that's, that's, that's the beauty of it, man. I'm glad that we're able to do this on the daily, have Raider Nation Radio, have the great guests that we have on the show, have the great personalities like JT the Brick. Are you serious? I mean, I grew up driving to the Coliseum, listening to JT on the pregame and the postgame. You know, he was at Jack London Square, and I'd be listening to him. You know what I mean? Like, and now I follow him on the show. Are you kidding me? It's incredible. It's incredible. Who's up next, uh, Damon? Who we got next lined up? We got Jerry right here in Vegas. Jerry, right here in Vegas. What's up, Jerry? What's on your mind? What's up, Q? Hey, just real quick, I just want to tell you, man, you're like a huge inspiration to me. Like, because you're you grew up a Raiders fan, and now you kind of work for the Raiders in a way on Raiders Radio. So my goal is, um, I, I work for the military right now. I'm going to retire in a few years. My goal is to hopefully one day work for the Raiders, just like you. So nice. you're you're my inspiration, my motivation. So the fact that you did it is like is huge for me. So that's why I always listen to you every day to just keep me motivated. And always keep that in the back of my mind. So I just want to say thank you for that. Hey, thank you and salute to you, man. I appreciate everything you do for the country, man. Salute. We cannot say thank you enough. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff right there from Jerry. And again, man, we, we don't say it enough. We don't respect our military and show them the love that we need to uh, as often as we need to. But uh, anytime I get an opportunity to say thank you for your service, I want to make sure I do that. So uh, good stuff. Good stuff, Jerry. Appreciate you. Uh, got a text here from Daniel from the 520. 11 games has to be the goal. They have to beat the teams they're supposed to beat. Raiders of old would have never beat the Eagles last week. I think this is a more complete team, and I'll believe they're contenders until they give me a reason not to. New York Giants will be a test. East Coast early game is going to be a challenge, and veterans have to get this team to wake up. Daniel from the 520. So he's looking at six more wins. Okay. And I agree with you with the you're, you, you, you're supposed to win the games that you're supposed to. Those are the those are the dubs on your schedule, right? And then there's the 50-50 games, and you've got to win more of those 50-50 games than you lose. Simple as that. I like that. I like that. Good stuff. 702-365-9200. Again, 702-365-9200. Who we got lined up next, Damon? Raider 562. Raider 562, what's on your mind? Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. Hey, how's it going, Q? Chilling, man. All right. Um, yeah, man, I, you know, I, I just, uh, I think I think we definitely got to win at least six out of the, the next ten. I think we definitely got to do that to even get into the, to, to the playoffs. And uh, I believe if we keep um, this same type of continuity and plan for one another and uh, just keeping that same vibe that we have going, I think we'll be able to get there. I think we'll be able to do it because it looks like they're actually playing for one another and they're holding each other accountable. And uh, that's what I like to see. I, I like seeing how they're doing out there and just, just what they're saying and the way that they're moving. And especially with uh, Versace, I think I'm saying his name right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got uh, it. I like him. You know what I mean? He seems like a genuine a genuine type of guy. Every time I look at him, though, I think about Goldberg. As <laughs> Goldberg, the wrestler, every time I look at him. But uh, I think he's a, he seems like a great guy. So I think the, the handcuffs, I think Carr was kind of handcuffed in a way. Um, what I'm seeing from Carr... And me being a car fan uh, might be a little biased, but, you know, I've seen that in him all along. It was just consistency and, and, and you know, him, you know, having the blockers or whatever the case may be. I think I've, he's always been this type of person, and I think he's just more so evolved. And uh, he definitely has more weapons and stuff. So I think just with that leadership and him being able to, uh, let loose, I think that's going to take us far. There it is. Good stuff. Great call, man. Definitely appreciate that. And, yeah, I think, you, I think you're hitting on, you know, all the good points right there. And I love how this team is, is playing for each other. They're fighting for each other. And they genuinely love each other. And I know that's such a, like, an under, or not under, but it's just such an easy statement to say when you're on a team. Oh, I love my team. I love my teammates. You know, I mean, like, people say that all the time. But this team genuinely loves each other i mean the 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 conversation that you heard kenyon drake following uh sunday's game against the eagles the conversation he had with us in the media 
you could genuinely tell the way he's feeling. This is a new guy. Remember, he hasn't been with the team long time. He's just been there. He just came in this offseason. So, I mean, he's he understands what this team is and what this team has the ability to be. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of good points there. Uh, we'll, we'll take one quick text and then we'll take a break. Uh, this is from Mailman Raider Max. I got to make sure I specify because we got a bunch of mailmen, uh, a bunch of postal cats working and hitting us up. Uh, this one says, Derek Carr never had a defense like he has now. And until Waller, never had a guy in his prime to throw the ball to. Crabtree was on the downhill and Cooper was never into being a Raider. Now, thank you for the text, first of all. And you're right. His, the defense has never been there for D.C. Even when they had Mac. Even in 2016, they just created a bunch of turnovers. They weren't a very good defense, but they did create a bunch of turnovers. I'll say this. Michael Crabtree was a godsend for Derek Carr. He was really good. And I know he wasn't fresh out of Texas Tech, Michael Crabtree, but he was still damn good. And he was he came up clutch. He came up money anytime. And I think Derek Carr would have no problem telling you Crabtree was his go-to guy. Whenever there was a big play that needed to be made, Crabtree was the dude he was looking for. Cooper was good. I agree. He probably was never meant to be a Raider. He just never really fit the mold. He never even seemed like he really was that happy being there. But he was the guy. He was a big play maker, if that makes sense. He was a guy where he'd run down the field and Carr would throw it up there and Coop would find a way to go get it. Or it'd be something simple, like a wide receiver screen and Coop would take it to the house. I mean, there was some really good things that Coop did, but I think that those two were damn good. But you're absolutely right, Mailman Raider Max. The team he has with him now, is much better than any team he's had before. But back to um, our last caller's point, Derek Carr has been stretching the field and 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 giving those 50-50 balls up there. He's been doing that earlier in his career. He just wasn't doing it consistently. Now he's doing it consistently because, well, he believes in who he's got. 226 is the time. When we come back, we'll be talking, we'll be talking some pro football focus. We'll be talking to my man from Pro Football Focus, Seth Galena. We're going to talk all about his podcast, Too High Podcast, and they were talking about Derek Carr. So we'll get into this conversation with Seth. We'll do it next. Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's why Q, of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work. And the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. 2.30 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Damon Cotton and your boy Q. And joining us now on the phone lines is Seth Galena from Pro Football Focus, co-host of the Too High Podcast. And Seth, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you. I was checking out your latest podcast where you started talking about Derek Carr, and you guys went into some pretty good details about him. He's having a really good season right now. Uh, this would be year four under John Gruden. Obviously, we know he's resigned no longer with the team, but how have you seen the maturation from Derek Carr from the first year he was with John Gruden to where he is now in 2021? Well, I think a big part of it is his willingness to throw with a little more anticipation, especially in the intermediate and deep areas of the field. Like he's always been a very good short thrower. Um, and then I don't mean like a check down as a short route. I mean like, you know, quick game, like slants and flats and all these routes that he gets the ball off and he gets the ball off accurately. But I think, you know, the Derek Carr thing has always been, you know, throwing the ball down the field and maybe throwing with a little more anticipation in the middle of the field. And he's been legit at that. Uh, on both those things, you see chances that I don't know if he would normally take. There's a couple plays against the Broncos a couple weeks ago that I don't know if he would have taken them, but I think they're both the Henry Ruggs down the field. So in years past, so this is, and they're creating that explosive plays. You gotta, you need explosive plays to win football games right now. And, and he's doing all that stuff. Yeah, no, he really is. And we were talking about this before you came on, and, and I was wondering, and, and I wanted to ask you, how much of it do you think was Derek Carr not really willing to do it, or how much was it the guy that was calling the shots on the sideline really kind of, hey, don't do not do this, don't taste, take this risk, stick with the intermediate stuff, the lower, the lower, you know, the lower risk uh, passes? Yeah, it's interesting. It's always hard to figure out, you know, who's to blame and, or, or to praise, I guess, in, in the other sense for these type of scenarios, because I'm watching it right now with my favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, and you have a guy like James Winston, who well, we know what James Winston is, or what he was, I guess, in, in Tampa Bay, and now it seems like he's not that player anymore, and you 
you get, the only thing, the explanation is that Sean Payton is telling him to, to be more careful with the football and stuff like that. So you do wonder if Gruden came into this thing saying, hey, you know, you can throw the ball underneath all you want and, and we know you're accurate and do all that stuff, but like, hey, make sure everything is wide open when you throw it down the field. And clearly there's been some sort of change, some sort of, whether it's maturation or something like that, where he's saying, hey, you know what, I can take these shots. Like, he has a really good arm. He's obviously accurate even when he does throw the ball down the field. So that change has been, I'm, I'm sure, welcome for, for the team and for the fan base. Yeah, no, the fan base is excited by what they've seen, and he's had, a, like I said, a really good season so far, led the Raiders to a 5-2 and two overall record. And uh, as far as the last couple of weeks go, you mentioned the game against Denver. Uh, how have you seen maybe even his style maybe step up even a, a, another level since Greg Olson has been calling the plays? Yeah, I, I, I think, like, the, the Eagles game is interesting. I mean, obviously that's not a very good defense, but – the Broncos game really excited me going forward because you saw, like I said, the two to Henry Ruggs. You saw, I think, Waller on a crossing route where he throws it, um, you know, with anticipation while the window, he's not yet in the window yet. And then I believe there's a play actually against Philly. I could be wrong. Either one of these games over the past two games where he throws the ball, A, with anticipation, but B, under pressure. Mm-hmm. And I think that is kind of the, the interesting thing because I think he's always been good at, okay, I'm under pressure. Let me find the check down. Let me, let me limit a sack with um, a check down for three yards. And, you know, you live, you live to fight it on the day. You can't go broke uh, taking a profit type of thing. But now you're under pressure and he can still push the ball down the field in, in a way that, you know, like a, like a Justin Herbert, like a Josh Allen. So he doesn't have that arm strength, but it's good enough that he can, he can, I think we've all known he could do this, but for him to actually be doing that is super important. Talking right now with Seth Galina from Pro Football Focus here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Damon Cotton, has a question for you. Go ahead, Damon. Yeah, Seth, uh, one of the parts of the podcast, you and Deontay, you were talking, and you said he made a pass that was – that's the type of pass that Aaron Rodgers would make. So Derek, does Derek Carr have that top-tier elite arm talent, and this is the first season that he's actually put it on display? I see. I think it's close, but it, I mean, it's certainly hard to like consistently be Aaron Rodgers because you're talking about one of the best throws of all time. But I do think that he's been, to a certain degree, it's kind of like he's limiting himself. And, I, and that goes back to one of the questions that you guys just asked me: like, you know, was it a play caller? Was it him himself? Whoever it was, um, you know, we'll never know. But whoever it was was limiting that arm because it's a, it's really it, this is not like a you know on a Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater arm or a late career Drew Brees arm or, or our current Ben Roethlisberger arm. This is a real live arm. Now, I don't think it's Aaron Rodgers, but you can make certain Aaron Rodgers type throws, um, maybe not consistently, but he, he can put those on tape and that's going to, that's going to help the offense sustain itself for the whole year. You know, uh, Derek Carr has mentioned to us multiple times so far throughout the the season, the preseason training camp, that he trusts his wide receivers. He believes in Henry Ruggs. He believes in Brian Edwards. They put in the work in practice. How much of that are you seeing on film when you see him throw those 50-50 balls up to a Henry Ruggs and just trust that he's going to go make that play? Yeah, and it's funny. I go back to to the to the Saints because I, I just have it on the brain because I'm just rewatching their game against Seattle, and you see these these hesitations by. Jameis because he doesn't trust and look the Saints receiving core is not very good right now and he doesn't trust a lot of them to get open especially versus man coverage so now you flip on the the Raiders tape and it's like oh here's a guy who trusts you know now he's starting to trust Henry Ruggs that oh I can put this ball up down the field and go get it and certainly um the two guys that he, he finds more underneath in Renfro and Darren Waller where again like I'm saying he's getting the ball into their hands you know, a split second before they're open, or he's throwing the ball a split second before they actually get open, and that's been really fun to see. Obviously, the the chemistry with Renfro is incredible. I mean, look, at the end of the day, this offense, you know, you're looking for different type of receivers, right? You don't just go out and get the same type of receiver to play in an NFL offense, and now with the emergence of Ruggs, and whether it's the emergence of Ruggs or Derek Carr trusting him a bit more, you're seeing a complete receiving corpse and a deep ball player, an intermediate player in Waller, and then this this really great route runner underneath and how to run from. 
Yeah, and just expanding on Hunter Renfro, how nice is it for Derek Carr to have a guy like that that you know? I mean, he gives everything he's got, no matter what he's doing. If he's returning punts, he's out there receiving the ball. I mean, whatever, he's going to give you everything. But how nice is it to have that security blanket like Hunter Renfro is? Yeah, it's nice because it's one of those things where they they can draw plays for him, especially in the red zone. I think that's been a really big uh, asset to them is drawing up plays and, and, and like certain routes specifically for Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro where, you know, you know, we've seen them now from him. We've seen Cooper Cup run some of these like like almost like quadruple move underneath routes. And you need A, you need timing and B, you need the quarterback to be able to to want to sit there in the pocket because this isn't a slant where he's gonna win uh within, you know, point four seconds of the snap. Like you gotta give it time. And then you see the trust that the quarterback has in him. It's like he is going to win this route if I just stay in the pocket for a little while longer. And maybe the pressure is getting there, but I know I have this route, um, you know, coming open for me. So uh, I'm, you know, that's been a huge boon for them. Yeah, Seth, I got a question. This could be to the Raiders, your answer, or in the league more general. What have you seen, like, scheme-wise on the offensive side that teams or the league is going, you know, formations or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I do know that um, the data tells us that trips formations are super into it. And then the, the thing that you're seeing now recently is even quads formations. And I believe that the Raiders do some of it. And it, it could be quads where there's three receivers out there in a normal trip set and the running back who's in the backfield is lined up to that side in, in the shotgun. And that's kind of a pseudo quads formation too. And you see teams like the Chiefs have been really good at getting the running back out on the bubble and really stretching the defense if they're playing zone, stretching the defense with four eligible receivers to one side. And sometimes they even make it five with a tight end on the backside uh, or a receiver on the backside coming to that quad side. So I think you're seeing a lot of like flooding the zones from these trips or, or quads formations that we haven't seen uh, in the NFL really ever. Seth Galina is our guest right now on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. You can find Seth on Twitter at PFF underscore Seth. And how difficult is it for Derek Carr to do what he's doing this year? And he's playing really good ball, but he also is trusting that his offensive line, his newly constructed, reconstructed offensive line is going to hold up and, and protect him like they need to. How, how difficult is that for a quarterback to be able to put trust in a very young uh, and a, still an, an offensive line that's trying to find itself? Yeah, I think it's interesting because we see the difference in the Cardinals this year where you've added a Rodney Hudson and it's taken the protections that were very not good for, for two years under Cliff and Kyler uh, to another level. And you thought that, okay, well, what's going to happen now in, in, in Las Vegas with the Raiders losing Rodney Hudson? But I think what's happened is now obviously uh, – the individual players are having some issues there with Leatherwood and stuff like that. Individual players are, are okay, but the schematics of it are working because their car has matured. And it reminds me of Dak Prescott in, in Dallas, where they lose their, you know, potentially, you know, Hall of Fame center or all pro center in Travis Frederick. And you're thinking, oh, these two were on the same page with protections for Dak's first few years in the league. Well, they lose him, and now Dak has picked up the slack tremendously and they're not getting beat, um, you know, schematically in their, you know, but by blitzes or anything like that. And you think you're seeing the same thing in, in Las Vegas with Derek Carr. He's just, he's matured enough that he can handle this stuff by himself, I think. Yeah, you know, he's, he's doing a really good job. And that was one of the big question marks going in was how was that offensive line going to gel? How quickly was it going to gel? But it's been able to do that. And Seth, before I let you go, I want to ask you, man, we always talk about tiers, where quarterbacks are. There's tier one, the elite. There's tier two, tier three, and so on and so forth. Where would you put Derek Carr right now? What kind of tier would you put him in? Yeah, he's probably in the one and a half. You know, somewhere okay. between one and two, uh, you know, safely I'll say two, near the top end of two. Okay. And it's funny how you look at what's, um, you know, he's always been a, a good quarterback. I think he obviously looks better now. And I do think a lot of that has to do with, hey, you're not in negative game scripts all the time. You're not chasing the game from the first quarter because the defense right. uh, under Gus Bradley has been, he's just, and he's doing the whole Gus Bradley thing, playing cover three, they don't blitz, they don't play man, they just play zone the whole time. 
but it's keeping def- uh, offenses in front of them. And they're, I, I think they're like league average in efficiency. And I think that is obviously helping not just, not really Derek Carr himself, although being in a, a neutral game script or a positive game script helps, but it's just helping like the nation see how good uh, Carr is because they're winning games. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And and they that defense, man, has been a godsend. I mean, anyone in Raider Nation will tell you they ain't seen a defense like this in years. And so to see them play the way they are has been it's been a lot of fun to watch. Well, Seth, we definitely appreciate your time. That's Seth Galena, senior football analyst at Pro Football Focus. You guys do a great job at Pro Football Focus. I know it's a lot of work, but you guys do a, a great job. So we want to commend you for that. And of course, co-host of the Two High podcast as well. You do a great job. Thank you so much for your time, my man. Anytime, dude. All right, there he goes. Seth Galena, good stuff. Uh, again, pro football focus, is that is not an easy bag, man. That is not easy to do what they do, but they do a, a fantastic job. Uh, I like to check out the numbers just to get a good idea, you know, just to get a good idea of what they're thinking. Uh, I mean, does it always, is it the end all be all? No, but it gives you a, a good idea of where players are going, how their trajectory, what their trajectory looks like, and uh, also just teams in general. So, uh, Seth, real good job right there. Check out the Too High podcast if you want to hear from Seth and the crew. So good job, Damon, on getting that one. I definitely appreciate that. The time is 2.44. Coming on back, we're going to close out our number one of the show. Want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R-N-R. That's the Sam and Ash text line. What do the Raiders need to do as far as wins and losses? They got 10 more games guaranteed. Coming out of the bye week, what do they need to do? How many wins do they need to get to assure themselves a playoff spot? Let us know. Holler at us. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 250 at the time. Here is on the, is the time, excuse me, on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Demon Cotton and your boy Q. I don't know. I had a whole bunch of feedback in my ear. That just threw the whole game off right there, but it's all good. We're here to close out our number one of Unnecessary Roughness. Got a lot of good feedback. Been getting a lot of good texts and tweets. My man Dizzle said the Raiders got to win seven out of the last ten games remaining. That's how they get into the playoffs. Seven out of ten. I'm right there with you, Dizzle. That's what I'm looking at as well, and that's not going to be easy, but that's what I'm looking at. Big Will hit me up on Twitter. Hit both of us up on Twitter, as a matter of fact. You can hit up Damon at Damon, that's D-M-O-N underscore the boss. Or you can hit me up at, at your boy Q254 and, of course, Raider Nation Radio as well at R&R 920 AM. Big Will said DC4, tier one, period. I like that, just as a matter of fact. Got this really good text from Big Dub Raider. This is a great text, and I hadn't even thought about this, Big Dub. He said, hey, Q, where's Tom been? All this Raider positivity, maybe he couldn't take it. LOL, where's Tom? And that's a damn good question, Big Dub. Tom is my homeboy. Where's Tom been, man? Has anyone seen Tom? Anybody heard from Tom? Where's Tom? Tom, where you been? And I'm not even goofing. I'm like being dead ass serious. Like, where's Tom been? We ain't heard from Tom. I mean, he was the first guy on the text line every time. We ain't heard from Tom in the longest. What is going on, man? No, I'm gonna need, I need for time to call. I need to hear that voice one time. I need for time to call, and we just have like that. I just uh, want, oh, I just want to make sure we're still homies, man. I just want to make sure that we're, we're still boys, man. Tom's my guy. He keeps me grounded. That's a good question, Big Dub Raider. I don't know where Tom is. We're going to try to get a hold of him, though. But while in the meantime, in between time, I know where Raider Mike is. I mean, we He's do on have Raider his listener line. What's up, Raider Mike? What's up, boys? I'm in Florida Chilling. now, but I'm flying in, in Vegas on Tuesday. We'll be Uh-oh. partying for the Giant game and the Chief game. Speaking of the Chief game, Goodell screwed us on that, too. That should have been scheduled for Halloween. Are you kidding me? Raider Nation is Halloween. We always have been, always will be, and you take that away from us. Tom probably got took out by either Michael Myers, Jason, or Chucky. <laughs> we have Chucky, who's not here, and the contract hit taken out by Goodell, you know, he wouldn't have been on the sidelines. He would have made sure of that. So anyway, I'm trying to keep it Halloween themed. I hear you. Worst candy is candy corn. Yes. It just sucks. Tootsie roll, take it or leave it. My favorite, (laughs) Twix. Twix rocks. Kit Kat's a close second. 
and I do okay. rock those breeches. So love that. Anyway, the team right now needs to go seven and three to ensure we get into the playoffs. And I think that also win the division because I think the Muppet Kingdom is a mess right now. It just is. The Muppet King, Mahomes, is getting creamed. They have no defense. And uh, I think San Diego is a bigger threat than uh, the Chiefs right now. I think we're going to kill them when they come to, to Raider Stadium. Why they didn't schedule that game for Sunday is, well, it's Goodell. They hate us. Roselle hate us. The look of terror when Roselle had to hand us the trophy in 1980. Again, Halloween themed. <laughs> He's horrified at the thought of handing the trophy like Roselle had to at the end of the year because the way this team is bonded, they love each other. You can see it on the field. And lastly, D.C. has been cut loose. <laughs> the keys are in his hands now to the Lamborghini. He can cut any team's throat whenever he wants, and he's got the weapons just like Kenny did with Cliff, Freddie, and the Ghost. There you go, more Halloween, some Ghost. Ghost to the post, baby. Anyway, love the show. I can't wait to drink a few pops with you and uh, D. And uh, you'll have to let me know where you're going to watch the Giant game. And I will be at the Rock and Roll Cafe, I think it's called. Oh, the Rockstar, the yep. Rockstar, before the yep. Chiefs. You're going to be there, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Party on, bro. Raider! Right. There you go. Great call right there. Raider Mike, let's hustle back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Go to the 5 and Dime, the 510, Oakland, California. Rich in Oakland. What's up, Rich? Hey, happy Friday, fellas. Hey, happy Friday, brother. Yeah, I think I agree with you and a couple other people talking about we're going to need to win seven games. You know, um, it's it's a tough schedule coming up. Good thing that we won these games that we won. That should, that Bears game was a killer game that we lost. Should have had that one. Should have been 6-1. Yeah. Hey, but we know what happened. You know, it was really tough to win that one after yeah. everything that was going on. But we're going to have to – Keep it together, you know. We can't have another late season collapse. Gruden's gone, so this is going to be on Derek, you know, because we got to keep playing how he's playing. How he's playing great, but I got to see it in the second half of the season. All right, so we're going to have to beat the Chargers. We're going to have to at least split split with the Chiefs, and the Chiefs ain't no they ain't no joke, you know. They gonna bounce back sooner or later, so right. we're gonna have to keep stacking these wins put it all together, and get better towards the end of the season. And I would like for us to get a kick returner or a punt returner. I love Renfro, but we got to get more than just a fair catch back there. You know what I mean? We need some speed back there. So it would be nice to get a, a kick returner. And my pregame ritual is to be nervous as hell, anxiety flowing through my veins, rolling up a backwood, smoking that just to relax a little bit, Standing up throughout the whole game. It's hard for me to sit down through the game. I try, bro. I try. But I'll be standing up. I'll be screaming at the TV. Man, I love this team. I'm glad to be 5-2. and two, But let's just put it together the rest, of, the rest of the season because we ain't won nothing yet. Let's right. get right. Let's get healthy. And let's make a run. Y'all have a great weekend, fellas. You too, brother. Appreciate the call. That's Rich in Oakland right there. It ain't good if it ain't a backwood. That's what he's trying to tell you. I'm Yo, not mad at that. He's definitely trying to get right. He's trying to get right. Can we have we have enough time to hustle back out to Denver, Damon? Yeah, 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 yeah. We do. Let's Raider, Dave, Raider Denver, Dave in. Raider Dave from Denver. What's on your mind, my man? Hey Q, I think I remember in the preseason you were speculating about nine and eight or so. I just cannot believe that you're actually giving somewhat of a green light to twelve and five right now. You be honest with us, man. Come on. Yeah, no, I, I said I said that the, I think that wait, hold on. In the preseason, I think I said that the Raiders needed to find 10 or 11 wins to get it to the playoffs, right? Isn't that what I you said? You said 10. You said 10, and you weren't even sure if that would do it. Yeah, I, and I, I don't think 10 will do it, but I do think from what we've seen through seven games, this is a playoff team. I feel like this is well, a playoff it's team. it's nice to see that you have changed your tune. Well, at least I'm comfortable with talking about it now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> hey, I think the more important thing is how the heck do we come out of the bye not flat? And not right. show too much before Kansas City because we got to squash the tomato this this next time. Yes, yes, especially at home. Absolutely. 
But thank you, man. Good show. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Raider Dave in Denver. And yeah, I'll tell you, I'm never comfortable talking about the playoffs this early in the season, but I think that the Raiders have earned it. I really do. I think they've earned this, this conversation of what do they need to do down the stretch. And last year, Miami proved after 10 wins that that wasn't enough to make the playoffs. So I think that they need to do more. And when I say they, I mean the Raiders. And, you know, winning the division obviously is the ideal goal. So uh, what we'll do, Demond, how many calls do we have lined up? Let me do a little on-the-air programming real quick. How many calls do we have lined up? You know what? I don't think Lee would mind that much. How about we just go ahead and get Fargo Raider? He's the last call we have up this hour. Okay, perfect. Let's go ahead and kick to Fargo Raider real quick. What's on your mind, Fargo Raider? Hey, Demond and Q, how are y'all doing today? Chilling, man, chilling. Oh, yeah, that's all I like to hear. I think we just need six wins to get into the playoffs, but I don't think that's where we're going to stop. I mean, looking at the schedule, I know there's no gimmies, but the Giants, Washington football, Colts, and Donkeys we should take. Those are four wins we have to, that we should be able to take and have to take if we want to be in the playoffs. I think okay. we need to sweep the Donkeys. We need to at least split with the Chargers to win, the, win Week 18. And I think we could sweep the the Chiefs this year, but I'm not going to give it give it a 100. percent But if we could sweep them, I think there's nothing really can stop us. Other than that, if we can't sweep them, I think we either got to get the Bengals or the Browns. That, those are important AFC wins that we need. We've we've so far pretty much gotten all our AFC wins with, without um, with the exception of the Chargers, you know. Right. And I'm going to say. Yesterday, a guy sent in a text, and he said he was Maloso Cartero. I'm going to yeah. go ahead and tell you that's a that's Spanish. That's a, our Spanish nickname. Everybody calls us the Malosos. And then Cartero is mailman, so he was really saying Raider mailman just in Spanish. Little, nice. little translation, you know? I know hey. you're a Mexican. I'm sure you'd appreciate that. Hell yeah. <laughs> you have a good one, man. You guys have a great Halloween. You too, brother. Thank you for that. Thank you for that translation, man. That's what I need, man. I need some hitters on the on the payroll, man. That's what I'm talking about. Good stuff right there. And yeah, man, I'll go through the schedule in a little bit what we got left. But coming up next, we're going to kick off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness. My guy, Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. He'll join us to tell you how you can win some money this weekend. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.